0: War Party U is not licensed by, affiliated with, or endorsed by the University of Utah or its athletic programs. The views and opinions expressed on the War Party U weekly podcast are those of War Party U and War Party U alone. Go Utes! This is War Party U. Go Utes! What's shaking, Ute Nation? Welcome back in to the War Party U Weekly Podcast. I am Matty Aces, joined as always by Ryan Boyce and Michelle Bodkin. We're going to break down some Utah football. We're going to talk tailgating. We're going to talk college football playoff implications. We're going to talk about a certain quarterback, Snoop, generating some Heisman buzz. Man, it's a good time to be a Ute. Utes are standing pat at number seven in the college football playoff poll. Trailing Oregon by one spot, setting up a potential play in game in the Pac 12 championship game. Now, a lot of football to be played between now and then. But as always, War Party, you will be here to walk you through it and give you some really half assed analysis from my side, some legit analysis from Michelle. And you know, we'll be here to throw in a little bit of mayhem, a little bit of shenanigans, and a little bit of fun. So, We're glad you joined us. Thanks for coming in. Hold on to your butts, because it's going to be a wild one. This week, we're going to talk about the UCLA game on Saturday night. A phenomenal day of tailgating. An incredible night of football at Rice-Eccles Stadium. It was loud. It was packed. It was insane. We'll also look ahead to the matchup against Arizona, who has traditionally been a thorn in the side of many a playoff hopeful. So we'll look at that. Also, uh, sitting down with Travis Vallejo, the founder of Ute Fan Faithful, on this episode. I caught up with Travis at the tailgate last Saturday and, uh, and chatted with him for a bit. So stick around. Hold on to your butts. War Party you is go.
1: Welcome in. You are listening to War Party U. This is one of your hosts, Michelle Bodkin, and I'm hanging out with Ryan and Matt, and we are talking all things University of Utah football. And man, what a great time it is to be a Utah Ute. So we're going to break down what happened this past weekend at home against UCLA, which, man, was another great fun game. We're also going to look ahead to this week's matchup uh, and maybe a little bit into just what Utah needs to do as far as the rankings go. If if you're under a rock, the Utes are ranked number seven in the nation in the college football playoff. Uh, you know, they're right where they need to be to to possibly, you know, depending on how how they finish out this season, be in the playoff conversation. And that is wildly, wildly exciting. And then there's been some other news that's kind of come down the pipeline as well in regards to Huntley. Uh, Tyler Huntley has just been phenomenal this year. I think he's exceeded everybody's wildest dreams for him. And he's finally starting to get some recognition for it, which is so long overdue. This should have been happening probably at the halfway point of the season to be perfectly honest. Uh you know, it's it's too bad that some of this is starting up at at the end of the season, but hopefully there's some good things in store for Huntley personally as well. So with without further ado and let me just give give you guys a warning. <laughs> if I say ow <laughs> uh randomly, it's because I made a sudden movement and like, like the right side of my neck, like I can't, I heard it pop the other day. And then I woke up this morning and like, I literally cannot move. Like it hurts so bad. So yes, if, if you hear a random, random noises of pain from me, it's that I moved suddenly and that's kind of what's going on. But any I'm I'm hurting probably as bad as UCLA is after that 49-3 beatdown. Let's let's just be perfectly honest about that. So, without further ado, let's let's jump into what happened last week against the UCLA Bruins. Uh I I think one of the funnier notes and and again, I and I think people are right about this. I don't think it was meant to be As condescending as it ended up being played out to be. But UCLA's team came in very confident. Uh, They were coming in off of a three-game win streak. They, I mean, essentially controlled their own destiny in the Pac-12 and really... You know, could have walked away eliminating Utah from the race, even though Utah right now is sitting sitting in first place. Utah won't totally cement their place until I believe this week they have to win. Uh, and if if they do win, then you know their their fate is sealed. If if they lose, and USC fulfills, you know, what they need to do. Then it's USC. But anyway, so as of last week, UCLA still still had a, a feather in the race. I I don't know what cutesy little saying you wanna wanna put with that, but and like I said, they were coming. They were coming in very very confident. You you listen to what their media was saying. Their media thought. And I mean what else are you gonna say? Let's let's be honest about that. What else are you gonna say? Oh I mean, maybe maybe could have been worded a little more realistically than it was. Uh there there was a lot of confidence coming out of LA that this would be an upset. And and even even some of the players themselves. There was a player that, you know, kind of kind of scoffed. And like I said, I think it got blown a little bit out of proportion but at the same time don't say things about your opponent that they maybe will take personally because quite frankly you know especially a team like Utah that does pride themselves on being tough like you don't want to go and like put that out there in the universe that you doubt how tough they are because uh They literally are a team that will go out of their way to beat your ass. And that's pretty much what happened to UCLA. Uh, They they questioned how tough, some of them questioned how tough Utah really was. And Utah proved it. I mean, Utah pretty much proved it from the get-go. The only good drive that UCLA had was their first one that ended in a field goal. After that, they scored no points. They turned it over, I think, a total of five times in the red zone. Let's take a look here. Four times in the red zone. So, it just, you know, it was a bad, bad, bad night for for UCLA. Like, it nothing went their way they they drove the ball pretty well they they were good on the explosive plays but when push came to shove you know Utah's defense had that kind of bend but don't break mentality and and they walked away with some interceptions and some humble recoveries and it literally resulted in UCLA only scoring three points. They had more turnovers than they had points. Think about that for a minute. They were down in the red zone five times, and they only walked away with points once. Utah was down there two times and came away with two scores, and that's not counting you know, the scores that they made off of explosive plays. That's not counting the scores that they made off of turnovers returned like just a crazy 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 night. So, I mean, let's let's take a look at, you know, some some of the stats here. So, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, Robin, DTR, uh, you know, he was 20 of 36. He threw two interceptions, 219 yards, no touchdowns. He had a long 39 and he was sacked 5 times. Tyler Huntley on the other hand, if you if you want to go and compare 14 of 18 attempts, 335 yards, two touchdowns, a long of 83 and sacked twice. So, I just it's it's the efficiency thing that's I think just mind-blowing about what Utah's doing right now on the offensive side. I mean, between how tough Utah's defense plays and, you know, we can talk and th- there were so many players on the defensive end of this thing that just came up big. Mika Tafua had probably his best game as a Ute. Uh, uh, Julian Blackman also had a game to remember. Terrell Burgess had a game to remember. Uh, John Penasini had a game to remember. Like, these guys just come in and they are so damn tough. And, you know, there's a reason why most of their opponents are walking away with single-digit scores, which is crazy, crazy, absolutely wild. Who, I mean, who would have thought this defense has just been stifling? But on the other hand, the offense has been amazing, too. And it's not like they're running a crazy amount of plays either. So, I mean, and again, it it goes back to be efficient and you don't have to run yourself ragged, which is ultimately what's happening to Utah's opponents is, you know, the defense is so stifling that they end up having to almost run double the plays on offense to try and play catch-up or, or, you know, not see, totally sink and it's not working. They just wear, the defense wears them out and then they wear themselves out too. So, you you know, you take a look at, I think this one's really interesting as well, total offense, offensive plays versus the yards that were tallied. And I mean, you can kind of see that from, you know, what DTR did versus what Huntley did. But you combine everything, so even like the rushing yards. Utah ran 57 plays and came away with 536 total yards of offense. Off of 57 plays. Now, you take a look at UCLA. They ran 73 plays. 73 total plays. And only came up with 269 total yards. That is... Just wow. Just wow. And then... I mean, let's let's take a look at at the rushing as well. So Joshua Kelly, who he's a back that I really like. He he he's with UCLA, obviously. Back that I really really like. He's kind of he's fun to watch, just like Eno Benjamin with Arizona State. I think Eno's a really dynamic, fun running back as well in this conference. Joshua Kelly, very much the same same type of deal, and and I think what's especially interesting and cool about Joshua Kelly is his story. He was a walk on. He was a walk on and now he's a star for UCLA. Uh you know, he he was he had 19 carries for 81 yards. Uh he had a loss of 3 so that brings that total that net down to 78 total yards rushing. He had a long of 13. He was averaging 4.1 yards per carry. I mean, Utah's defense did a really good job of keeping a really explosive back in check and and by comparison you have Zach Moss who ran the ball 17 times uh for a gain of 129 yards off of 17 carries and uh so then you take in the loss which he had a loss of two uh which brings it brings the net down to 127 and then Two touchdowns along of 38. He was averaging almost 8 yards per carry. 7.5 yards per carry, guys. That is absolutely crazy. And the funny thing is, watching that game, it didn't seem like he was really getting that much off off of his plays. But the stats say something totally different. And I think that's kind of been the story of Zach Moss, really. It's so funny... To me, I was saying this on the Sirius XM show that I was on earlier this week. You know, it's it's so fun watching Zach Moss break all these yards. And I think I've said this a couple of times on Mute Zone Radio, too. The, like, the funny thing about Zach Moss is, like, you kind of watch the games. And, I mean, he does have some very impressive games where you do sit back and go, wow. But a lot of the time... I kind of find myself going, I mean, like, he's okay, right? Like, like he gets the job done. You know, he's not super flashy. Just, like, puts his head down, goes to work, you know, and and just helps Utah grind out wins. And then you go back and you look at the stats, and it's, I mean, pardon the French. It's literally a holy shit type, type of deal where you're like, I didn't realize he was getting that many yards off of, off of his, you know, averaging that many yards. I didn't realize he had that many touchdowns at the end of the game. I didn't realize he had that many catches for that many yards for that many touchdowns. This guy just quietly racks up yards and touchdowns and, you know, what, whatever else you want want to tag him with. It just, it blows my mind sometimes. And this this was another game that was kind of like that. He was so much more impressive once you went back and looked at, I think, the stats than when you were kind of watching the game. Because it felt like UCLA did actually a reasonably good job keeping him in check. And that's that's definitely what they were selling out to try and stop was Zach Moss. And it was very obvious. It was very clear. And you know what? <laughs> didn't work very well because it ended up opening up things for one tight end Brant Keithy who absolutely went out of his brain five catches 132 yards one touchdown and a long of 69 yards crazy wild so much fun so much fun to watch guys enjoy this team this team is so much fun this team is so much fun, and I feel like they keep getting better every week. Like, literally, they, they go back and find things to improve on and get better on. And it's opening up doors that I think a lot of people thought, one, were ridiculous at the beginning of the season. I don't think a lot of people believed this team could do you know, what what some of the incredible hype early on was saying. I think it especially got dashed after that USC win, which can can I say that I was right? And some of you that, you know, wanted to jump down my throat after that, that loss and be mad and angry and pack it in and say that the season was over. Can I just say I was right to tell you to sit down and shut up and just let the season ride a bit? I was right. I was 100% right. One game does not define a season. Let's just put it that way. Okay, just enjoy this ride. Just enjoy this team. These kids are great. They're great to be around. I get the honor and the privilege of you know having a little bit of a relationship with them and i i you know i I think I've said this has been my favorite team that I've covered since twenty fifteen and that twenty fifteen team was filled with great great guys, great kids. As well. And and not that other teams in between haven't been that way as well. Utah us such a great job of recruiting, you know, just, just some of the best people, whether it's on their coaching staff, you know, the, the staff that kind of makes things run. And and what I mean by that is uh, you know, like in recruiting and and the social media crew and the equipment crew, like these guys are just awesome awesome and then of course you know you get into the players as well and they they do such a good job of recruiting guys that are good players but they're also people that you can be very proud of off the field as well and and they do some amazing things in the community and you know just just make it really easy to cheer for them so Keep enjoying what's happening here. It's exciting. Utah is doing a very, very good job of just controlling what they can control. And if they keep doing that, you know, the sky's the limit. And we'll see we'll see where it takes them, ultimately. You know, if they win out, and I'm talking about, you know, even playing the conference championship game against Oregon, the worst that's going to happen is they're going to end up in the Rose Bowl. That's the worst case scenario if they win out, which is crazy cool and something that everybody should enjoy so we're gonna take a quick break here and i'm gonna get into breaking down arizona and and talking about uh, we'll talk about huntley a little bit and and you know just how special this season's been for him so you're listening to war party youth this is michelle taking a break and we will be back at it
0: Man, I love not having a bye week. Not having a bye week is so much better than having a bye week, don't you think? Let's talk a little bit about UCLA and their 8-clap coming into Rice-Eccles Stadium last Saturday. What a gorgeous day, man. What a day of tailgating. What a day of football. But, uh, man, it it, it was a great time. UCLA got the ball. Driving well, Dorian Thompson-Robinson talking shit, yakking it up, John at the Utah sideline here and there, talking a little shit to the players on the field. And one, you know, there's one defensive squad that especially that early in the game, you do not want to be running your mouth at, and that is this Utah defense. UCLA drove down into the red zone, and then sackety sack, don't talk back, settled for a field goal, and they would not score again. Utah scoring 49 unanswered. Glorious points. Huntley was Huntley, man. Supremely effective, efficient, assassin. 14 of 18, 335 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, the dude is just dialed in and Ute fans, enjoy this. We have not had a quarterback like this in a long, long time. When when you're having to go back and talk about Brian Johnson, Alex Smith, and those are the quarterbacks in the conversation, (sighs) something special, man. Zach Moss, continuing to do what Zach Moss does, man. 17 carries, 127 yards, two touchdowns. Moss added... 73 yards through the air, man, because he's such a great outlet for for, for Tyler. Tyler's in trouble, man. Dumps it off to Moss, and Moss makes some shit happen. On the receiving end, though, man, Brant Keithy, the tight end. Five receptions, 132 yards, and a touchdown. First time since 2005 that a Utah offense has had the quarterback throw for 300 yards, had had someone rush for 300 yards, and a 100-yard receiver in the same game. You've got to go back to the Emerald Bowl in 05 to get back. And that, it was just, man, you're just having our way with, 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 with UCLA. Uh, you know, let's talk about turnovers. Man, UCLA coughing it up at the most inopportune times. Man, three turnovers in inside the 10-yard line. That's going to kill you every time. You know, if you can't put up the points on the board when you get down in the red zone against this Ute squad, good luck, man. Good, lu- Well, good luck winning against anybody if you're going to cough it up that much. But, of course, in my infinite wisdom, just, you know, you're heading up toward halftime, brilliant, brilliant idea. Thought, hey, you know what, I'm going to go down and get a pretzel and beat the halftime crowd. Because, you know, you get down there at halftime, the concourses are all choked off, everybody's there, you're barely moving, you're going to miss about a quarter of football. So, man, I got down there early, and what do you know? UCLA was driving, knocking on the door. All of a sudden, Blackman and Bernard get free on a blitz, put Dorian Thompson Robinson into the turf, who promptly coughed up the football into the waiting arms, of Mika Tafua who rumbled to the house. And, you know, luckily I was in a spot where, you know, I, I could see one of the TVs in the concession stand. So I was able to to see it happen and, and and feel the roar of the crowd. And I say feel, man. That place was vibrating. That place went seismic. And that's what we needed. Man, I'll also say that I've been pretty vocal about attendance so far this year. And rightly so. And rightly so. I think I'm justified in that. And as the game kicked off, it looked like more of the same. But, man, did it fill in. The corners, the must brought it. The must win student section of the week. And they straight, they, they, man, they brought it. So, you know, my hat is off to you, must. You brought it this time. Let's do it again in a couple of weeks when Colorado comes to town. But you could not have asked for a better day of tailgating. I mean, showed up early on the lot. You know, I planned on being there about noon, got there at 9.30. You know, that's how I roll. But this is uh, my favorite tailgate of the year. This is by hands down my favorite of the year. This is when the Utah Pig Bus roasts the whole hog, man. And they put this bad boy on. Last year, you know, uh, I, I, I tagged along with the Pig Bus for the USC game uh, met up with Lufkin at the tailgate lot about 4.30 a.m. Helped him get that hog in the, in the, in the Cajacina and, uh, and, and helped him get that going. Man, they, they, they had this bad boy on at midnight. So this thing went, man, 12, 16 hours in that roasting box. And it was divine. Absolutely divine. They had the fixins. They had a yo know, Lufkin makes his homemade uh, mustard sauce, which is, man, mustard heavy, a little vinegar. Man, it was good. And uh some uh so, some house recipe barbecue sauce that I am not at liberty to share the recipe for. Uh make some pork sliders. And good lord. I mean, if you can get in there and grab a plate, because you know, as soon as Pig Bus starts serving it up, dude, it's like non-stop, asses to elbows, packed in. But, you know, if you're good at throwing elbows and good at uh you know if you you, you just you, you just have to draw on your mosh pit skills from the 90s and uh and you do just fine uh Shasta crew Albert Gamboa Albert and Mariana grilled up some burgers and pork chops and man was there a spread so yeah no no youth fan went hungry um and uh, I was fortunate my brother-in-law uh brought his son and you know is slowly slowly converting those who have been blue and slowly one one tailgate, one game, one interaction at a time. Slowly turning them, I will turn them. They will turn to the red side. But it was a thrill for me to be able to host them and show them around and introduce them around um, to the people that I call family um, at the tailgate. And, uh, and you know, and, and, and it's one of those you know, take advantage of the situation. And I've said it, I say it to I'm blue in the face. You know, enjoy it, soak it in, savor every moment. Because now we are left with one, count it, one home tailgate left this year. And once that's done, we're looking ahead to next year. Now I had a ton of football to be played, obviously. Got Arizona coming up this weekend. Then we got Colorado. Then, you know, most likely a Pac-12 championship game, a bowl game, maybe more, maybe some playoffs. But, you know, that you got to win. So right now it's all about Arizona. So it's all about finding a nice spot to go watch with some Ute fans. If you can get to Tucson, get to Tucson and cheer them on in person. If not, man, Black Sheep Bar and Grill is a great spot. About time. Uh, you know, I, you know I, I favor the Sugar House area. I may, I may be either at Feddler's Elbow or at Craft By Proper. Who knows what my weekend will bring Hell, you know, maybe I I do know though from past experience what I will not be doing is staying home and ordering in Sugarhouse Barbecue. I love Sugarhouse Barbecue, but every time I have ordered Sugarhouse Barbecue for a watch party at my house, the Utes have lost, and so I will not repeat that mistake. I will eat anything but barbecue on Saturday, and that's what I'm willing to do for Ute Nation. Uh, what are you willing to do? But you know, one one of the things that is just impressing me so much about about this you know this utah team this year is just how complete a team we have uh you know i I mean you look at it offensively and you know i mean i mean we're spreading the ball around so well against ucla moss brumfield henry cole simpkins vickers green dixon wilmore and then, of course, you know you've got you know Shelley and Huntley getting a few carries, not doing a lot. There hasn't been a ton of quarterback, you know, quarterback run plays dialed up because we haven't needed to. Um, which, but the threat is always there, and that's part of what makes it all click is that knowing that either Huntley or Shelley is going to take off and get for a, for a, for a big game at any given time. So you have to respect that, you have to cover that, you have to account for that, and it just you know helps the squad. Um, one of my favorite moments was Devonte Henry Cole going 27 yards to the house to score. Uh, the young man lost his grandfather this last week, and seeing the team rally around him when he crossed that, that, that goal line. Um, that's what we mean by family. That's, that's what family is all about. Uh, you know, Another highlight of the night: man. Tyler Huntley dropping a dime to Samson Nakua, who jukes out his defender and goes 83 yards to the house. No lack of big explosive plays. No lack of big explosive plays. And honestly, no lack of really, really crippling turnovers, man. I mean, it's every time UCLA looked like they were going to have a little mo- get, get a little mojo going, nope, not going to happen. And just shut him down, man. You know, defensively Julian Blackman had a night. And if you were if you were watching on TV, you may uh, be. Uh, Julian is uh, also known as Juwan Blackman um, to go with uh, the you know the the head coach Ty Whittingham. Um, it just it never ceases to amaze me that professional sports announcers who get paid to do this shit can't get the names right. Now I get it. A lot of times with like the Polynesian names, it's tricky. But guess what? You do your homework. You have your phonetic pronunciation guide. You learn the names. And it just, it never ceases to amaze me that these professionals calling these games can't get it right. And repeatedly can't get it right. It's not like Juwan Blackman was a slip up once. I heard it several times when I rewatched the game. Not going to say how many times. Several. Thank God for Pac-12 Sixes Football in 60, man. That makes it so nice and convenient. I appreciate you, Pac-12 Network, even though you're kind of shitty. Uh, the production on Pac-12 Network is great. The personalities, Yogi Roth, Mike Yam, and the gang—they're—they're top notch, second and none. It's the distribution that we need to talk about. It's the time slots. It's the fact that we should be pounding our fist. For a seat at the table for a seat at decent start times and exposure i think the pac-12 has done a shit job of promoting their brand they are dropping opportunities to highlight the premier teams in the conference that can make some noise this year get these games in front of more eyeballs and it's not going to happen if the utes are playing eight o'clock pm on the pac-12 network when the East Coast coast is asleep and that doesn't matter because none of them get the damn channel anyway. Lots to unpack there. But I digress. One stat I saw, interesting, four times this season, Utah has had a defensive line, Pac-12 defensive lineman of the week and all four times it's been a different D-lineman. This D-line is nasty, mean. They're gonna take your lunch money but then they're going to help you up and take it again. So there's that. But man, what a day. What a a great time. We met a bunch of really awesome UCLA fans. Um, Got to hang out with with our crew, with the Ute fan, Faithful. And uh, man, you just can't beat it. So Ute fans, take advantage. Enjoy. Have some fun. Get out there. Come find me on the tailgate lot. For the Colorado game at the end of the month. And let's party. Let's celebrate. Let's revel in our fandom and let's enjoy this. This is a special season. No matter how it shakes out, no matter what comes down the pike, this is a special season. We have been witness to some pretty damn fantastic football. And if that doesn't make you happy, I don't know what will. More coming down the pipe. This is War Party U. Matty Ace is back with the War party U weekly podcast Michelle Bodkin Ryan Boyce standing by well this last weekend at the tailgate uh, I was able to catch up with Travis Vallejo the founder of Ute fan faithful uh, fan group which is just amazing if you have not checked them out please do they are all over every social media just look up Ute fan faithful and you will have found the place. But uh, Travis was kind enough to take a few minutes away from, uh, from his day of tailgating to, to shoot the shit a little bit, talk about Ute football, talk about what makes him a fan, and talk about the origins of Ute Fan Faithful. Uh, so, you know, it's just value added service from your friends at War Party, you doing what we do. Thanks and uh, enjoy. <laughs> Hey, welcome back in. This is Matty Aces, War Party U Weekly Podcast. I am at the Utah Tailgate today, ahead of Utah versus UCLA, and joining me is Travis Vallejo, founder of Ute Fan Faithful, uh, one of the premier tailgate spots on the lot and one of the fan groups that I most admire in all of my Ute fandom.
2: How are you doing today, Travis? Man, Oh, man, it's all good out here, man. It is good. It's a beautiful day. I mean, it's football weather, and we're about to get another W, man. I'm feeling good
0: Dig it, man So let's start with today, man What, what, what have you boys got uh, cooking up over at the Ute Fan Faithful tailgate?
2: Oh, man, my ace, Jesse, he's smoking some turkey right now up in the barrel You gotta check that out Y'all check the visuals out on the Ute Fan Faithful pages, too We'll post them on there And then we're doing a nacho bar You know what I mean? Shredded chicken, taco meat, some cheese And, you know, all the fixings And everybody makes their own nacho plates So, you know, keep it as simple today <laughs> dig it man so yeah i mean you can you can find
0: these guys on all of the social media facebook instagram uh twitter look up youth fan faithful if you haven't already uh these guys are legit so uh, take us back travis man so um so so when did Ute fan faithful start
2: and uh and 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 how has it grown over the years man oh man so it's it started when i was five years old in 1985 and learned what football was my uncles took me to games Grew up with a single mother up in the trailer park with my two older sisters. So my uncles would always take me away, pick me up to games. So the thought in my head for UFAM Faithful actually came to fruition after the 2004 season when we BCS busted that ass over Pittsburgh in that Fiesta Bowl. What I realized is all these years ago into games, you've seen this fluctuation of all these fans come out of nowhere. And, of course, victory and winning, you know, that, that helps make it happen. Absolutely. So one thing that came to my mind is like, where were these guys at before? You know, through these hard times. I'm not trying to be fan police or call people out in any regard. What it is, is in my mind, is I thought, if you're a fan, you got to be a faithful fan. you got to be true and through, and you got to back it up regardless if you win or lose. So I thought of this name, Ute Fan Faithful, and it just clicked. And Me and my boy Ruben Barella, we came up with that, and we started uh, using the social media platforms to push it. And another thing about our group um, in our in our page and everything is it's all organic. this is fan driven we don't have any uh, endorsements through uh, the university or anything if anything, they do support it hundred percent. but this is something that we came up and we're from West Valley we're born and raised in Utah, you know what I mean and, and what I, the way I like to look at it, it's kind of like the urbanized fan, you know what I mean right. We're all in our late thirties, you know we're eighties babies. And uh, we have this, this little vibe with us, you know what I mean? And it doesn't mean you have to be from the west side or whatever to be a part of it. It's just kind of where the roots come from. And you'll see it in our, in our uh, content, you know what I mean? We're pretty rugged and raw. We don't hold punches, but we also keep it true. And we're very respectful to University of Utah. Right, man. That, dude, that is, that is kind of how, you know,
0: that, honestly, that's kind of what drew me to you guys in the first place. Because, you know, as, a, as a, I'm, not quite se- I'm, not, I'm not quite an 80s baby. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a 70s kid. So, But, but I grew up. Coming up and getting splinters in my ass yeah. on the north end there, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sitting on that big Utah black, you know, yeah. asphalt shit that you know kind of looked like the Colorado Stadium yeah, at the time. Yeah. Um, and you know, have, have seen have, you know, somebody that has seen this program come up through
2: the lean years, and man, they were lean. Yeah. <laughs> so what I did, Matt, is I was thinking to myself, we need to have a, a following of true fans, and we need to be able to you know throw them in a building and lock the door in a sense. So I used the. The Facebook and the the social media to kind of launch that, and um, and the following just took off. People started just supporting it, sharing it, liking it, and they just got behind it naturally. You know, and I believe a lot of that has to do with the content and and just the way we we represent. You know, dude, fabulous. So. So you know, after
0: so since you know coming to Ute, Ute games since you were you know five and and your uncle's bringing you up here and now you know the I mean there's there, there's the obvious years of, you know the of the you know the Fiesta Bowl the Sugar Bowl you know there's big things but you know but, but what you give me the one memory so you know every one of us has this one memory this one moment in our lives oh, where you. it was solidified where it's like
2: okay I am a Utah man what is it for you oh, man? man well there's a couple of them and I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to when I was a child when I was, I believe, 10 or 11 years old, and, I, and the passion was just in the stomach. You could just feel it like, this was it. Like, I belong here, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a U fan for life. I represent, you know. But my biggest memory happens to, happened to be at Rice Eccles Stadium uh, during that 2004 season. At the end of the stadium, I took my best friend, Eddie Tostado. Uh, we went to the game. And uh, it was the the Provo State game. And I don't say the B word. I represent them as Provo State. You know, there's no need to even mention them. But we beat that ass 54 to whatever. And <laughs> we started seeing a bunch of fans start to, you know, hop and get on the field. Uh-huh. And we were up in the stands and we're like, well, shit, man, let's, let's go get in on this. You know go. what I mean? We're going to go. Right? You know, <laughs> let's go. So we jumped, we jumped, you know, made the jump. And if, y- if y'all ever made that jump, it's like 10 feet. You know what right. I mean? You got to be careful. And we're, we're getting there on the field and we're standing on the sideline and there's a bunch of fans. Everybody's jumping. Nobody ain't doing shit. Nobody's stopping nobody. And the game's still going on. There's still like 20 seconds left. Right. So that just that vibe right there of like we're about to rush this field. You know, we beat our rival. You know, we, we capped off a perfect season. You know what I mean? We're busting the BCS. It's just the feeling was just euphoria. Like, it was unreal. And I got my best friend, you know, since childhood, since kindergarten on my side. And we start rushing that field. And and we go to the middle and we start dabbing up with players and you know what I mean and we're just all in the hype then we look over and we see the goalpost rocking and we're like oh it's coming down Uh-oh. oh shit so I take and Eddie he's a little shorter than me and I'm a big dude so I'm like Eddie look man let's get you on this side let's, let's let's help tear this bitch down I help lift him up you know what I mean and he's holding on and he's pulling on it that shit snapped that shit came down we ended up breaking it off in pieces on the field and and then we this is the crazy part we hauled it out of the stadium, and we literally got police escort down 5th South <laughs> carrying a big-ass, like, 20-foot piece of the goalpost with, like, you know, 12 or 15 of us, and we're just marching and, and chanting, and, you know, what I mean, we're just, the moment was unreal, and the police didn't even mess with us. They, If anything, they just told, hey, just keep it moving, and we went down the frat row, you know what I mean, with the post, right. and... And we partied all night, man. Oh, it was, man. It was awesome, man. It was unreal. Like, that is a priceless memory that will forever be with me. That is fantastic. So, uh, let's, I, I, I want to give you a plug, man. Just like,
0: let's, let's shout out to all 24 people that like to listen to this podcast <laughs> every week. But uh, you know, you know, like you know, wh- why, you know, why should people follow you on You Fan Faithful? What are what are they going to get if they follow you, Fan Faithful, on social media?
2: Well, the the one thing you're going to get, you're going to get a real fan that speaks his mind and keeps it true and supports the the. The University of Utah athletics, regardless, and that's not just football. It's not just basketball. It's not just just gymnastics. I'm taking my daughters to softball games. We're going to soccer games. You know, I actually serve on the Crimson Club uh, board, which I'm proud of. Uh, This is my first year. Uh, I'm a fifth. This is my 15th year in N21. Um, That's row 25, seat 10. I've been in that same seat for 15 years. I've missed one game because a good friend of mine decided to get married in September on a Saturday. Shame on him. Why, why would people do that, man? You don't need friends like that in but, your life, right? <laughs> Love you, Joe. But, uh, but you know what it is, though, is you're, you're, when you follow and like, subscribe, whatnot, you're going to get the real. You're going to get somebody that is proud to support the programs, that's going to back it up regardless, and that's going to be forever faithful. You know what I mean? And it's you, Fan Faithful. We use the hashtag to slap it all together. We got uh, Dalai Lama's pushing out the, the merch uh, one deal I have with him, it says we well, I'm not profiting a dime off of this We got it licensed and trademarked. Thank you Justin dial from the Dalai Lama and he makes I had one thing with him Like let's make it affordable. You get on that website. And you don't get you know sticker shock You're able to order some you fan faithful gear and We're not talking just shirts hoodies women's tees. Um, you can order anything You know what I mean? Stickers all that stuff to represent hit up the Dalai Lama represent that. The links are all over our social media. If you don't follow and like, subscribe shit, we just passed 10,000 on the Facebook page. Wow. Our Facebook group is over 6,700. And one thing about the Facebook group, I'm going to warn you, if, if you are sensitive to explicit content, you do not want to be a part of that group and you should not follow it. <laughs> well, I,
0: I think that anybody that's sensitive to explicit content probably tuned War Party you out a long time ago because <laughs> uh, that's how we are. We're, we, we kind of consider ourselves, we, we pride ourselves on being kind of like pirate radio. Yeah. You know, we've, we've gone back and forth you know, I mean, this is our second season doing this, and we actually talked about, you know, do we need to rebrand because, you know, early on, you know, we we we, we looked into trying to get uh, you know, licensed by the by the school, but obviously with the name of the podcast, it's not going to happen.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. But you know, we we, we, we kind of consider ourselves, Chris. You know, like uh, like pump up the volume, man, and, and, and you know, pirate radio. Um. You know, kind of doing what we do. And so that that you know that jives right in with it. So you know if if um, you know if, if you're uh, if you're a youth fan, you wanna find some 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 you know gear that isn't found everywhere, uh, Dalai Lama is fantastic. D-A-H-L Dalai Lama is just a he's a designer, he's a he's a graphic artist, he puts out some phenomenal gear. Uh, and he's and, and he's producing all the Ute Fan Faithful gear. And uh, this is you know the and I you know you've probably seen it around. You know, I see it everywhere man. I oh, yeah. see I see uh, you know that, that that you know the the fingers throwing up the U logo oh, yeah. everywhere and I equate that with, with yes. Ute Fan Faithful now. Yeah I so. got the I
2: got the tag on the back of my truck, the decal and I get people honking and throwing up the U at me in okay. traffic all day long. So they, I love it. I well love it. before we wrap up, man, I,
0: I, I gotta give you you motherfuckers in the north end zone some oh, mad props because this season Ooh. you know we and, and, I just got goosebumps by I'll the way I'll tell you what I'll tell you what man <laughs> you know it's like this season especially it seems like we've had an issue with getting that stadium packed out to the gills you know there's been there's been a a, a lot of empty space in there and it makes me sad but the one thing you can count on week in week out is that North End Zone being packed, being loud, and just being insane, man. It's like to me, it's like it, it's it, I equate it to like the black hole for Raider Nation man, or or man. any of the most insane man, fan not Tell section, him what's man. on my chest right now. N twenty one, baby. He's rocking the the red Ute shirt with the N twenty one in block letters. you fan faithful on the back. And I'll tell you what, man. Every time, every time I'm at the stadium, I I direct my eyes and my ears to the North End Zone because that is where the insanity occurs man it's
2: my hood it's my neighborhood like n21 is is my hood like that's the way i look at it i have 34 seats in my name four of them are mine for me and my girlfriend and my daughters the other 30 are my friends and family you know what i mean and we are we have been there for years 15 years now in that same group in n21 we're right there right outside the portal you'll see me i got the parental advisory explicit content towel that when I hold that up in the stadium, it looks like somebody slapped a sticker on the north end zone. Right, man. Because I let people know, like, hey, we rugged rugging it raw out here in Utah, too. God like, it, damn it's, it's not just, I mean, it's okay to say a fuck or a shit or a bitch. They're just you words, I mean? man. <laughs> you know, they're just I mean? words. It's okay. It's okay. And, And you're warned when i throw that towel up i'll let you know that you're gonna hear that during this game
0: in his own well i'll tell you what man in in my you know formative years i mean this is even before jim fossil era Mm. for utah football man but uh, you know because that north side used to be just general admission it used to be the ga section so that was where you know, and, and and several times throughout my childhood, man, that's where I learned a lot of really useful words, man, in my, in, in my formative years, man. And yeah. it's like the words that I knew that I couldn't say in front of my parents. I'm going to
2: thank my mama on that. She taught me all
0: those. <laughs> Dig it, man. Hey, well, Travis, thanks for joining us on War yeah. Party U this week, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. I'm going to come out and check that smoked turkey the, 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 and that, that nacho yes. bar. Yes, sir. And uh, we'll be up here at the tailgate lot again. In two weeks for the Colorado game So if you've never been to a tailgate I suggest you come oh, up Oh by the way, yeah yeah.
2: When you come to Utah tailgate Come to our, everybody's welcome Come to our, our party It's between the B and the C aisle B30 and C30 Towards the south end of the Guardsmen's The first two rows You'll see Ute Fan Faithful You'll hear the music You'll see people having a great time And don't be shy You ask for Travis I'm probably around there I should be around there Miss Matt drew drew, drew me away or something. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, and and if you can't, and if for whatever reason you can't locate them, come find War
0: Party U. We're usually posted up either at Youth Fan Faithful or on the northwest corner with Pig Bus and and, uh, Albert Gamboa and the Ute Shasta. But you know what? Just come up because any tailgate in this entire lot is going to welcome you in with open arms because that's how we roll at Utah. I
2: love meeting Utah fans, and I love people supporting. When I see somebody I don't know wearing a UFAM faithful shirt, it damn near brings a tear to my eye because it tells me one thing. What I'm doing is right, and they're supporting it, and we represent well, thanks, Travis, man. Thanks for what you're doing for
0: Utah Athletics and the, and, and the university and, you know, obviously today specifically the football
2: team. Give us a prediction for the game tonight. Utah-UCLA, what you got, man? All right, Riley's picks. I already put it on the Twitter, 44-6. Moss is going to go 200-plus and get a few touchdowns. He's going to have a big game. And, uh, yeah, we're going to get that W. Dig it, man. Hey, well, this is War Party U, Matty Aces. More to come after this. Don't go nowhere. You know
0: who we are. Peace out, pitches. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Yay! Well, let's take a quick look around the conference, see what's been moving and shaking in the Pac-12 as we come into the stretch run over the weekend. Man, Oregon put it on Arizona. 34 to 6 in Eugene, keeping that number 6 ranking intact and keeping them on a collision course if they went out with the Utes, if we went out for a Pac 12 title game that should be absolutely epic. I think we're all, I mean, obviously all of us, we're all hoping to see the Utes in there, but man, you know, with all of the, with, with, with everything at play, we need two 11 and 1 teams meeting for that conference title, so. Oregon takes care of business. They're now 9-1 overall, 7-0 in conference. Utah, of course, as has been discussed and will be discussed, 49-3 over UCLA, taking no prisoners and making the snot bubble. Washington State took down the third, 49-22 in Pullman. I mean, you know, there you go, there's a couple of teams that, from the North that, that you know, look to be possible contenders for the, for the North title. Both of them have run into uh, some hiccups along the way. Stanford with injuries and Washington State with their inability to get out of their own damn way. Oregon State outlasts Arizona State by a single point. Oh my goodness, look at those Beavers. Five and five, four and three in conference, one win away from bowl eligibility. That is something. And finally, USC went into Berkeley and dismantled the Bears of Cal, 41-17. Slovis had four TD passes, uh, and you know, I mean, USC is doing their thing. USC has cracked the top 25 in the in in the playoff poll, and at number 23, which makes the Utes' single loss look a lot better. We need them to keep winning. We need the Utes to keep winning. But, uh, you know, what's, what's interesting here is, is just how many of the, the teams in the conference are knocking on the bo- bo- door of bowl eligibility. Um, I mean, USC already, uh, already has it. Oregon, already there. Utah, already there. Uh, you know, at, at, uh, at five wins, you've got Cal we got Arizona State, Oregon State, Washington State. Um, Washington's already picked up their sixth win, so they're in. And then at four wins, you've got Colorado, Arizona, and uh, Stanford, UCLA. So, you know, a few more bowl-eligible teams could come down the pike next week. Uh, because of, uh, because of Notre Dame scheduling with Stanford they've tweaked things up a little bit and next week becomes rivalry week for several of the teams in conference. Saturday afternoon UCLA and USC going to mix it up at the Coliseum U- U- USC' is currently favored by two touchdowns and uh, you know I expect USC to just to, to, to just pummel the Bruins but every time I say that something weird happens so come on please USC. Keep on winning. Uh, unless Utah loses, then keep losing. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, just a half hour after that kicks off, we got Cal Stanford in the game. Stanford, only favored by two and a half at home uh, against against Cal. That's always a fun one. Uh, Oregon visits Arizona State. Man, the Sun Devils just, I don't know, man. I don't know what to tell you. That's a team that should be a lot better than they are. But two and five in conference this year. That's yeah, a tough one. So, you know, Oregon is uh, favored by 14 and a half, and I don't think it's going to be that close. Um, I think Oregon and Utah are both teams that are supremely focused and on a mission for a, for, for a collision course. Battle of the States, Oregon State, Washington State in Pullman. Washington State favored by eleven and a half. I'm rooting for the Beavers in that one, man. Uh, you know, they're both four, 5 and 5 overall, so winner of that gets bowl eligible. Uh, but, you know... Dialing down, you know, Oregon State's four and three in conference. Washington State's two and five. Um, I like Oregon State in the upset. I don't know why. Maybe it's because there's a little part of me that's a Beaver believer. And you know, gosh, aren't they cute? Of course, Utah takes on Arizona and Tucson. Utah is favored by 23 points. Uh, we'll talk more about that later on on this episode of War Party U. And finally, the nightcap, Pac-12 after dark. Kicking off actually the same time, uh, both of our eight o'clock Mountain kickoff times. Uh, Washington goes into Colorado. You know, I'd like to see Washington keep winning. Uh, I'd like to see uh, like to see USC and Oregon keep winning. Yeah, the rest I give two shits about. But really, you know, I mean, Washington State, Oregon State, whoever comes out of that one's going to be bowl eligible. If Arizona State can somehow manage to beat Oregon, they get bowl eligible. Um, you know, Cal, if Cal can take, it, take down Stanford, they're bowl eligible. So, you know, there, there's a lot at play. There's a lot of excitement going on. And, you know, the last few weeks of this season are going to be a lot of fun. You know, question number one is, can Utah and Oregon maintain their current trajectories and keep on pummeling people and get rack up those style points? Because it is set up for it. It is perfectly set up for, for the Pac-12 champ to, uh, to get into that playoff. But, uh, man, you got to win a lot of football games. So, there it is. That is the week that was, and the week that will be. And uh, man, we're just glad to be here. We are glad to, to to be talking about Utah football, and just loving all of the all of all of the hype that, that that seems to be coming back out now. You know, we had the preseason hype, lost to USC, and it kind of took some of the luster off of that. But they have fought tooth and nail since that USC loss, and have looked so supremely focused and so dialed in, and. Uh, Man, it's just a lot of fun to watch. So take advantage of every chance you get. We only have two more regular season games this year. So find somewhere good to watch this Arizona game on Saturday. I know that uh, my partner Albert is heading down to the game with a contingency of the Shasta crew to, uh, to cheer loud and proud. And you know we we're going to see Albert's mug on TV. You see that dude with a football hat on? Yep. And I mean a hat shaped like a football. That's right. Uh, that's Albert. And he's everywhere, man. So look out for that and look out for more War Party U coming up on the flip side.
1: back this is war party U. michelle bodkin leading the charge on breaking down all things the university of utah football with my friends matt and ryan we are jumping into what is the second to last game of the regular season and utah has a they're coming off a big win at home 49 to 3 beat down of ucla UCLA thought that they, they could play upsetter, and uh, they were proven wrong. They they definitely were put in their place and reminded that Utah is definitely the tougher team. Now, now Utah's on the road. They're going to be heading down to Tucson, Arizona. And I don't know why I am saying that, but... Uh, Anyway, so yeah, so they're on the road, they're heading to Tucson, they're taking on the Arizona Wildcats, and I I don't know what to make of the Arizona Wildcats and Kevin Sumlin as the head coach of the Arizona Wildcats. I It's kind of funny because so UCLA is in year two of Chip Kelly. And I know a lot of people don't know what to make of that match in heaven either. I, I still I'm going to beat the I see a lot of potential with the UCLA Chip Kelly match. I don't know if it'll be quite what Oregon was when Chip Kelly was there. I it I think it's I think it's a different era, but I think I think it's a good match and I think you know, if they can get through to DTR and and keep recruiting some good people and getting them to buy in, I think UCLA is gonna be a problem. I really truly do. They have a lot of young talent. And and I think that was a big part of their problem, you know, last last week against Utah is Utah's just older and more experienced. And UCLA's hella talented, very talented. And I, I think it's pretty easy to see that. They have some great, great talent. They're just young and and I think maybe a little bit cocky. Which which is a good thing, but you you need to coach coach it up and and just kind of kind of get them on changing that cockiness to confidence and just being really sure of yourself, and they'll get there. Like I said, that that I mean, not that Utah fans want to hear that, obviously, but you know, it's it's just the f- football cycle of life. Uh, that team's really young. They learned. You know, a really valuable lesson this past week. And they're going to learn and get better from it. Arizona, you know, is in year two of Kevin Sumlin. I I don't know that that is such a match made in heaven. It just seems like there's been a lot of contention from day one. And, you know, I I don't know. I don't know that I can say that they've gone any better. I they just they haven't been that impressive and I I don't know. I it's gonna be interesting to see how long someone lasts at Arizona. I, I don't know I don't know he's gonna last that long. I I just... uh... So, I mean... So, here's the rundown of kind of what's been going on... Year two of the Kevin Sumlin experience. They... They are sitting at four and six. They're most likely not going to be bowl eligible this year. I... So, they have Utah this weekend. I... Unless some really stupid Pac-12 stuff happens, they're not beating Utah. Uh, And then they, of course, have their big rivalry game the following week, Thanksgiving weekend, against Arizona State. And, you know, they maybe could sneak a win out against Arizona State, but... It'd be too little too late. So yeah, I mean they're they're staring down. No wins. No wins to finish out. Like I said, Arizona State maybe a little bit of a toss-up. They they've seemed a little broken since they've played Utah. Uh so that that's gonna be an interesting game to watch, I think, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not going to matter too much for Arizona. They're, like I said, unless they can manage to get a win against Utah, they're not going bowling. So I, their season's pretty much over. Uh, and then you know they they lost. I think you knew things were going to be bad when Hawaii made them look bad to start the season. So it just it's it's been an up and down year for them. They recently fired their defensive coordinator and, you know, have have brought someone else on. I wrote about it uh, a little bit in, in the press conference rundown from this past week. They can't decide on what quarterback they want to use. They keep going back and forth between Khalil Tate and Grant Gunnell and can't seem to find or decide who of those two guys they like better. Uh... It's just it's they messy. About the the best thing they have going on right now is uh again their running back, you know. I it's it's such a fun conference with all the good running backs between Zach Moss at Utah, you know Benjamin at Arizona State, uh Joshua Kelly at UCLA, and then of course I'm talking about JJ Taylor at Arizona and you know like I said I think I think he's about the the best thing they have really going on uh He let's take a look at his stat line here. So JJ Taylor has 124 attempts on the year, 640 yards on the year. He's averaging 5.2 yards per carry. He has a long of 40 and five touchdowns to his name. Uh He also has done a little receiver duty for the the Wildcats. 26 receptions, 260 yards, averaging about 10 yards per catch along of 28 no touchdowns though as as more of a receiver. Uh you know, I mean, the funny thing is a couple years ago everybody everybody was really 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 excited about Khalil Tate. And rightfully so. I mean, when he's used correctly, he is a very dynamic player that's hard to stop. But I think I don't know. Since since Sumlin's come in, I I don't know that they've been using Khalil right and I I kind of start to wonder if Khalil hasn't lost his confidence. Which is too bad. It's too bad. Because from, from all accounts, everything I've heard, Khalil is a good kid. He's a kid that's easy to cheer for. And like I said, he he had a very interesting, unique talent. He was fun to watch when he was used correctly. He hasn't been used correctly the last couple of years. And... And it's really, I I think taken its toll on him. And he's not that fun. Fun to watch anymore. And so it's it's gonna be interesting to see, you know, who who they roll out, whether they're gonna go gunnel or tate, or some combination of the two, because they get frustrated, because you know, nothing gets going. Arizona's defense is soft. I think they're a little bit better since they made the defensive coordinator switch, uh, but I I just, I don't know that it really, Arizona can do anything to really effectively stop or, or rain on Utah's parade. I mean, there's, there's been talk at senior day, but there's also been talk. So, and this is kind of why, like, I'm just not sure what's going to ultimately end up happening with Kevin Sumlin, So last year, Kevin Sumlin made some waves because he canceled Senior Day. He was disgusted with his team, they didn't win, they didn't rally, and so he thought a really good punishment would be to cancel Senior Day. And there's been some rumor that he may do it again, which I just think, I don't know, I think that's horrific. I, first of all, the kids that are seniors, you know, for the next couple of years, they came in assuming that they were going to be playing for Rich Rod, the, the head coach before. And so, I I just, I don't know. And in, in this day and age of you transfer out really quickly and give up on your team, I don't know that that sends the best message canceling senior day for kids that decided to stick it out and try to make it work under you, under a new head coach. And, and I don't know how that's going to help you ultimately recruit the types of guys that you ultimately do want to end up playing for you. It just, it doesn't make any kind of real logical sense to me. But then again, I'm not getting paid the big bucks to coach. So, but... So I, I don't know. Like, there there's just some weirdness going on down there in the desert. And I I don't know how well it's ultimately going to bode for everyone except for Utah. I think it's going to bode really well. Utah should absolutely wipe the field with these guys, I would think. um Again, barring any Pac-12 after dark weirdness that sometimes can happen. But... Utah should have this in the bag. I, I'm not concerned about this Utah team. They are so focused and, and I kind of hinted at I think I think they have even more reason to be focused. Yes, we, we talked a little bit about potential they went out playoffs, being in the playoff com- conversation. The other thing that's now in conversation is getting Huntley to New York, for the Heisman Trophy ceremony. Now, let's be very clear on this. There are a couple of guys that I think are noticeably better than Huntley. Not a ton better, but I think I think the campaign's been going on longer for him. And I think their stats are just, just a hair better than his that, that he's not going to walk away with that trophy. However let's get him that trip to New York just to be a part of that whole experience because he does deserve that he 100% deserves that and he deserves to get a little bit of that national attention for being one of the best because he has been one of the best all season long and and unfortunately it's gone under the radar like radar like I said until kind of really now this point in time this moment and that that is such a shame that that he's been so overlooked all season long because I think I think Joe Burrow still probably gets the nod at the end of it but it just it would have been nice to have Huntley much more in the conversation because he was putting up good numbers he's still putting up amazing numbers and he just should have been talked about a whole lot more than he was but it is great that he's now in that conversation that he now has that chance that opportunity to to go there and and rub elbows with with some of the guys that were getting that that talk that talk up that 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 clout as as the kids like to say. So, you know, good good on Huntley. You know, you go you go kid. You know, pad your stats, get get yourself a trip to New York go 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 experience something awesome and great you know that this program hasn't experienced since 2004 with Alex Smith who was a runner up in the Heisman Trophy race you know let's let's i don't even know if Huntley's necessarily going to be the runner up but again just get yourself in the conversation get yourself a trip to New York and and get yourself some of that recognition, even even if you don't walk away with the trophy, just get some of the recognition, man, because you've earned it. You you absolutely deserve it. This team deserves deserves it, and you know it's just one more thing that that it's gonna make this season one to remember for fans, players, coaches. You know everybody that's kind of involved in this thing. Uh, and you know, to be honest, I I think. There, there, there may be a couple years down the road where this is going to be a little bit of the norm. I think Utah takes a little bit of a step back next year. They have to replace a couple of key areas. Uh, I, think, I think they'll still be very good. I think they still could possibly win the South. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be quite the level of what's going on here. But 2021, 2022, 2023, you know, look out. You're, you're going to have many of the same guys kind of around, and, you know, who knows? Who knows what this team can do, what Kyle Whittingham can do, what the Pac-12 collectively can do. It's it's just, it's an exciting time to be a Utah Ute fan, and just enjoy it. Enjoy it, and, and cheer these kids on, because they've done something very fun and incredible, and... And it's been a couple years since, since you know, this has kind of been a realistic opportunity to, to be in the thick of all these national conversations. So enjoy it. Cheer loud, cheer proud Saturday. You know, Utah needs another big, impressive win. I think they'll get it. Uh, I don't think Arizona poses much of a problem for these guys. I think they face tougher competition. Uh, and you know, we'll, we'll be back at it next week, talking last game of the regular season and, and what it could all mean. So in the meantime, this is Michelle Bodkin signing off. You've been listening to War Party U and we'll be back next week.
0: Welcome back in. You're still here. That's pretty that's pretty impressive. Thank you. Uh failed to uh in my previous segment about the tailgate failed to mention how good it was to see Hank Mundaka again. Uh Hank, always a pleasure to see you, sir. Um uh, you know, your words have stuck with me. Uh the said some really nice things about uh you know, his feelings about this podcast and about what we do. So, tip of the hat to you, sir. Uh, enjoy the road trip to uh, to Tucson, uh, hooking up with uh, Albert and the crew, and uh, be loud, be loud for me. I'll be screaming from Salt Lake City. So for those poor schmucks that, uh, unlike some of my friends, who will not be in Tucson on Saturday, uh, you know we'll be viewing the uh, the Ute game from uh, from afar on the television set. Now. You know, I've I've watched from you know several different places for road games, um, you know, from the Utah Sports Collective watch party, uh, to the Palace of Albert Gamboa, to uh, Casa de Allen, man, um, which is the homestead, uh, to uh, the the hotel bar back in Missoula. Uh, so many times uh, hanging out and, uh, and and watching these boys play in this weekend on the road in Tucson to take on the Arizona Wildcats, Um, you know, in years past, the Arizona swing has not been kind to the Utes, Um, and particularly Tucson has been the site of some really just weirdness and some odd games, uh, not only for Utah, but for uh, for any Pac-12 contender who looks like they've got a shot at the playoffs, so you can't take any game lightly, you can't uh, you know the the players anyway. can you can't get too hyped on the media. You can't read your headlines too much. And I think that uh, Witt and the and, and his coaching staff have got uh, that under control. I'm really impressed with a lot of Witt's comments coming out of practice lately. It's just like he hasn't had to yell at anybody. These guys have been so focused ever since spring ball. And you know those are the earmarks of uh, of uh, you know of teams that just flat out get it done. Um, and uh, it just uh, there's a different vibe. There's a different vibe about about the confidence and swagger that this team has that is uh, just a lot of fun to watch. So, you know, coming in, uh, you, we've got, uh, got got Arizona. Arizona got off to a decent start this year. Uh, they, of course, they dropped their season opener at Hawaii uh, back, way back in August, way back in August. Oh, it seems like a lifetime ago, but it seems like 10 minutes ago. Uh, but then they reeled off four straight wins uh, sure, one of them was Northern Arizona, but they beat Texas Tech. And then uh, um, they opened Pac-12, play 2-0 and with wins uh, against UCLA and at Colorado. And, uh, you know, early on it was like, uh-oh, look, maybe, may- maybe Coach Sumlin's got it figured out. Maybe he's got him dialed in. Maybe Khalil Tate's going to have that year that he has been waiting to have. Because uh, there's so many flashes of brilliance with that kid. But I just don't know that they, I don't know. You know, I don't know what it is with him. Um, is it coaching scheme? Is it... Uh, Mental? Is it what? I, I have no idea, and and I have no idea. But you know, since then, uh, they've lost five straight, and not by a little bit. Uh, you know, they got pounded by by Washington, USC, Stanford, Oregon State, and Oregon. Oddly enough, uh, you know, the highest point total that they gave up was at home against Oregon State. Oregon State put up 56 points on Arizona, and I just don't think that Arizona's offense is going to be able to do a damn thing against this U defense, because UCLA, we've faced much better offenses <laughs> recently than this Arizona squad has, and, uh, I just I, I think that uh, Anai is gonna gonna tee off. He's what like three sacks away from setting the school record, which is no, nothing to sniff at. If you think it, being a D end with a sack record at Utah is a lot like being a running back at Utah. You're in rarefied air, man. You are in in c- the company of some pretty damn good football players, and so. And then on the on, on the flip side, I just don't think their defense can stop this offense. I think that Tyler is going to have a field day. Uh, wouldn't surprise me at all uh to see Huntley eclipse the 300 yard mark again um or, or even push it you know who knows you know it's uh you know it's it's not looking good it's it's really not looking good for the uh for the Wildcats moss is about 45 yards away from another 1000 yard season um and it's it, 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 you know so you barring anything unforeseen that's going down it's just a pleasure you know I mean you know, right now Arizona's given up 37 points a game and you know the the trend lately and you know I didn't start a spreadsheet or start crunching numbers I'm just going off the eyeball test but uh, um, you know Utah is generally holds teams to a fraction of their normal average offensive output and usually exceeds the uh, the average uh, the average scoring for an opponent for these teams. So um, I was kind of having trouble finding the right way to say that, and I'm not sure that I did. But you know, we go on. We do things in one take around here, and mistakes happen. That's what makes us human. That's what makes Pirate Radio so much fun, because eh, it's raw and that's what you come for right you don't come for a polished studio podcast you can get that everywhere you want a good one go to ute zone that's a fantastic podcast um this this is just this is fanboys being fanboys with one really good football mind thank you michelle for adding the spice to this mix anyway so 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 there it is you know a lot on the line um You know, there's a lot of talk about different scenarios. Who needs to win? What? Who? You know, what help does a does a potential twelve and one Pac-12 champion need to get into the playoff? And right now, it's fun to talk about. uh, But right now, let's let's enjoy it. And I'm not saying as fans you need to focus on the next team on the schedule, or you're gonna fuck things up. Not not even close. Not even close. It's more about not setting yourself up to be disappointed in a season that should not be disappointing. Now, not making the CFP would be a disappointment. However, winning out, winning the winning the Pac-12 t- title and then playing in the Rose Bowl, wow. You know, if you can if you got the choice for a playoff, always pick the playoff, man. Always play for that Natty. Uh, that's what we're here for, right? I mean, ultimately, the ultimate goal of any team is to win the championship. So, That not being available, should the case present itself, anybody disappointed with going to the Rose Bowl should be drawn and quartered. Hand in your drum and feather right now because, wow, the granddaddy of them all and the pageantry and the spectacle on New Year's Day, it's a tradition, it's an institution. And so, you know, that's what it's about. But, you know... But but it's okay, you know. Look ahead, get excited, make your plans. Hell, buy your damn plane tickets. For all I care, I will not tell you how to fan. But I do think that if you forget to live in the moment and if you forget to smell the roses, heh, the roses, then you might be missing out. You know, life moves pretty fast. In the words of one Ferris Bueller. So there you have it. Utes are coming in twenty-two and a half point favorites. No reason to think that this is going to be anything but another bloodbath. Stranger things have happened. But as this team has progressed, this team is getting better every week. They are firing on all cylinders. Huntley doesn't have enough enough passing attempts to, to, to take advantage of all of the receivers on the squad, man. And I'm just waiting for the night that it's Solomon's turn to catch one of those deep routes. To catch one in the end zone. To score. To put it up, man. Because... I love seeing these kids week in, week out, block for each other, bleed for each other. And this is a team. And that's what makes it so great, is to watch these guys get excited for each other, uh, regardless of who's, who the, whose hands the ball is in at any given time. So, Enjoy, Ute fans. Season's almost over, so take advantage of every chance you get to watch this squad and to watch this squad play with good friends, good food and good and, and, and good vibes, because if you're not doing that, then it's no fun. And if it's no fun, then why do it? More to come. It's war party you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary, that does it for another edition of War Party U. Hard to believe we've only got two weeks left in the regular season. Said it once, say it again, soak it all in, enjoy every moment. Coming up next week, we'll talk about Utah, Arizona. What else? And uh, if my gut instinct is correct, which... Let's face it. Sometimes I have my moments. We should be talking about another Ute victory in dominating fashion. We will also look ahead to Senior Day. And the Colorado Buffaloes and the final regular season game, the final home game, the final tailgate, the final kickoff at Rice Eccles Stadium. I think I just I started I started to cry just a little bit just saying that, man. I don't even want to think about that. So let's think about this. Go Utes, beat the Wildcats. We'll be back with more next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. For Ryan Boyce, Michelle Bodkin, I am Matty Aces. And as always, be good to yourselves, be good to each other. Go Utes!